I am now a grandfather. And, well, not just, yeah, thank you, thank you. I, I mean, not like today. It's been like 11 months now, right? Uh, and I, I know I look way too young to have a grandchild. I could not agree with you more. However, this is awesome. Let me, I got a picture. You want to see a picture? Of course you do. All right, let me show you. This is, this is Case, and that's his dad, Marshall, and my oldest daughter, Morgan. And he's about 11 months old. So he's super fun, super weird seeing uh, your offspring have offspring. It, it's just, yeah, it's so cool, though. Anyway, uh, he's at this point where he's starting to develop this thing that we all know is very natural, the separation anxiety thing. You, you get that, right? And it's where the kids start freaking out when mom, especially mom, and sometimes it's dad, but especially mom, you know, leaves the room or goes somewhere else, just really start freaking out. Uh, and it's very normal, very, just a part of the developmental process. I think it's wrong. It's just, you probably know all about this. And it usually lasts for a few years, right? And, and it's different for every kid. Well, I understand some of you have kids in your 20s, and it's still there because they won't leave. Um, I, I get it. Uh, that, that can happen. But separation anxiety, uh, the kids thinking, I can't see mom. Mom has disappeared. She is gone. She is out of my life. When mom leaves the room, he starts freaking out and getting all upset. He's thinking, I can't walk yet. I can't work the TV remote. I don't know what I'm going to do. She's not here. <laughs> you know, it's a very normal, natural thing. Now, what you may not know, what you may not realize, is that a lot of times you and I experience separation anxiety with God. Just think about it. Well, we're not quite sure where he is. And we assume he's gone because we can't see him. We can't feel him. We can't understand what's going on. So where's God? Oh, he's gone. I don't know where he is. Separation anxiety with God. Now, don't feel bad. I don't want you to feel like, you know, all beat up and everything. Don't feel guilty. It's very normal to feel that way. It's a very natural human response. Unfortunately, this separation anxiety with God has led many non-Christians to the point of rejecting God outright. And it's led a lot of Christians to places of discouragement and frustration. So that's why we need to talk about it. Because you may hear people say, well, God's always with me. I know God is always with me and God is always there. And doesn't that sound great? I'm very impressed when people say that. But it seems like the people that always say that have a little bit extra dose of Jesus than I do. Um, because sometimes I hear that and I go, well, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Because in this area of my life or at this time of my life, God feels a million miles away. You ever felt that? Where is God? So that'd be great if I could always point to something and say God is always there. But a lot of times I just can't do that. And then we start looking for proof and evidence. You ever been there where you're like, I'm not sure what God is up to. I'm not sure where God is because this doesn't look like God, doesn't feel like God. And so you start looking for proof and evidence that God is there to reassure yourself. And here's where we look. We look in circumstances, okay? And our experiences, we try to size it up. Well, this, is, this should indicate that God is there. No, this is indicating that God's not there. And when circumstances don't work, we look to our feelings. 
Well, I remember there have been times when I felt like God was close to me, but I, what do I feel now? I don't feel like God is close to me. And we assess our circumstances and we assess our feelings. And when our circumstances and our feelings don't satisfy us, we often conclude God is not present. And then we put God's presence in a box. Like it always looks like this and always feels like this and it always is like this. And we listen to other people talk and we're like, oh, I wish my life was like that. I hear Christians say things like, man, God really showed up. God really showed up. God really showed up. And I think that's great. Um, but you're always describing a positive thing when you say that. Have you ever noticed that? People are always describing something good when God showed up. Did you know that many times in the scriptures God showed up and it wasn't a happy thing? wasn't always something that felt warm and fuzzy. And so it leaves me with this separation anxiety, and I don't know where God is, and leaves you with this separation anxiety, and you don't know where God is. I mean, does God show up in good circumstances? Well, yeah, but we never have a problem with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know anyone that struggles with the presence of God when things are going well. It's when things are not going so great. Maybe there's at least one area in your life where you're looking at this area and you're experiencing separation anxiety with God and going, I don't know where he is. I can't figure this out. Or maybe it's multiple areas. Or for you, it may be your entire life right now. Separation anxiety with God. You know, the number one question people ask, the number one question people ask when it comes to God and you ask them, what would you ask God? What would you ask God if you could ask God any question? And he would answer the question. The number one thing that comes up over and over and over again is something along the lines of, God, where were you when? And then they describe a moment and they describe a, a tragedy or they describe a feeling or they describe something in the past. God, where were you when they died? I lost my job, struggled financially, that tragedy, that accident, and they fill in the blank. Assuming that if God were present, they wouldn't have died and they wouldn't have lost their job and that wouldn't have hurt and there wouldn't have been a tragedy and there wouldn't have been an accident. See, the underlying belief behind that, among other things, is... If I don't see God, he's not there. And if God is there, I can see him. Quite honest, that's a little arrogant, a little self-centered to think that we would always be able to put our finger on exactly what God is doing. The truth is determining God's presence through circumstances is very frustrating. And I advise you to not do that. Here's why. Because sometimes in your life, you will be able to see what God is doing and feel God's presence. It is real. It happens. And you're like, there's God. And it'll be a good moment, okay? But not long after that, you're going to have a moment when you can't see God's presence and you can't feel God's presence and you don't know what the heck is going on. And you're going to go, no, wait a second, where's God? That's why looking to circumstances is a very unreliable, ill-advised thing to do. Because the pattern you're going to experience is, well, there's God. Wait a second, wait a second. Where's God? And then something else is going to happen, and you're going to, God, there's God, there's God. And then something else is going to happen, you're going to go, wait, 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 Where, where's God? And this, there's God, where's God, there's God, where's God pattern is real. And it's something you will experience and I will experience. In fact, that may be describe exactly what you're experiencing. And that's why you can't put your 
faith in your circumstances because circumstances change. The truth is God's presence is constant. It is constant. It is not in any way circumstantial, but it doesn't always appear that way or feel that way. And here's why. You and I have a very limited view of God's presence. We can only see so much. We can only understand so much. We can only feel so much. We have a very limited view. Developmental psychologists tell us that the reason babies struggle with separation anxiety is that they have yet to establish this thing, and here's a big fancy word, called object permanence. Object permanence. Object permanence means that the object exists even though you can't see it. And so in a kid's mind, in a baby's mind, in Case's mind, and I, you know, and I showed you his picture just a second ago, so you got it. In his mind, if he can't see mom, mom doesn't exist. And that's a problem because he hasn't yet learned object permanence. And so do you know what we do, parents, grandparents, brothers and sisters? I mean, even those of you that have anything to do with kids, you know what we do? We do it automatically. We do it without even thinking. Nobody really taught us how to do this. It's just one of those things we just know how to do. We play a little game with kids, and it's real fun. And this game helps them actually establish object permanence. Do you know what the name of the game is? Come on, tell me if you know. Peekaboo. No, not Monopoly. I'm just, I'm just talking babies here, okay? Peekaboo. In fact, it should be renamed Object Permanence Game. Let's play Object Permanence. You want to play Object Permanence? Yeah, you know? No, it's Peekaboo. And Peekaboo helps them understand just because you can't see me doesn't mean I'm not there. You know what? I happen to have a clip. Happen to have a clip of Case playing Peekaboo. Check it out. Where's Case? There he is. And there. Again. <laughs> and he's so smart. He's awesome. And I know you got grandkids too and cute kids in your life, but I have a microphone. <laughs> so it's my turn. Yeah. Helping him learn object permanence. Now listen very carefully. God is not playing games with you. God is not messing with you. But God does want you to establish object permanence with him and learn object permanence. When you're wrestling with separation anxiety and where's God, where's God, where's God, where were you when and where are you now? To develop a level of object permanence, understanding this right here, that God is with you and working while you're wondering. Now, a lot of people miss that. While you're wondering, see, God's a big God, and God, God's just fine. While you're wondering where he is, he's with you, and he's working. In ways you may not see, may not feel, may not understand, he is with you and working while you're wondering where he is. And this has been the pattern all throughout history, guys. All throughout history, this is the way it's been. God's people have experienced times when it's like, there's God, and then it's followed with, where's God? And sometimes that was a long period of time where they're like, where's God, where's God? And then, oh, there's God, and then where's God, and oh, there's God. And nothing has been wrong. It's our limited view. See, we have the privilege 
of being able to look back on history and see all this play out. But there was a day when our history was their present, and when it was their present, they didn't see it either. And so we get to learn from them. And help us know that in your present, one day when it becomes history, you will know it then. So let's learn it now. There were so many times throughout history where situations seemed to see and feel and indicate that God was absent. When actually he was right in the middle of the very thing that people feared he was absent from. Let me give you just a quick snapshot of a couple of things to show you this pattern this is just from the scriptures, and there's all kinds of other examples in, in, in a world history where we see this. But in the scriptures, let me start with this real quick. The people of Israel became a nation born out of 400 years of slavery to the Egyptians. So there's this guy named Joseph, maybe you've heard of Joseph, and Joseph moved his family to Egypt to save them, to protect them, to help them survive a famine. And they just stayed there in Egypt after then, and they had kids and had kids and had kids and had kids and developed into this great people called Israel. They're now becoming a nation. But then the Pharaoh, after the one that worked with Joseph, came to power and he didn't really give a rip about Joseph or the people of Israel and he made them slaves. And they were slaves for 400 years. 400 years is a long time. 400 years is at least 150 years longer or so than America has even been around. Get that? It's, it's a long time. Generation after generation came and went, born, died. And they're asking the question, where's the God of our ancestors? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Where are the God of our ancestors? Where is he? We're enslaved. We're supposed to be God's people. We're supposed to be the promised generation, the promised people that God promised our ancestor Abraham. We're it. But where is God? We're slaves. Decade, century after century, we're slaves. And then God, in the right time, sent a deliverer named Moses. And the exodus happened. He goes to Pharaoh, let my people go. Let his people go. Awesome, what incredible. They're like, where's God? Where's God? 400 years of where's God? That's a long time of where's God? I can hardly even fathom that. And then there's God. Fast forward, centuries later, centuries later. There was actually 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let me, just, and there's a lot of detail, just, just let me summarize it for you real quick. God had been speaking to his people for centuries through the prophets. Prophet Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, guys like that. You may have heard of them. God would speak to these guys and the guys would speak to the people. But then God stopped speaking to these guys and they didn't have anything to say to the people. And for 400 years, it seemed like God was absent. There was no revelation from God. There was no communication from God for 400 years. And if you're living during that 400 years, you're thinking, where's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and King David, where, and Solomon? Where's the God of our ancestors? He's gone. He's absent. He's silent. And once again, at the right time, God sent the deliverer, Jesus. See, that's what Christmas is about. It's the breaking of the silence. 
And the silence was broken by the angel coming to Mary saying, listen, listen, you're going to have a son. And coming to Joseph and saying, I know this doesn't make sense right now, but you're going to have a son and you're going to name him Jesus because he's going to save his people. God, once again, send the deliverer at the right time. Where's God? Where's God? 400 years of where's God? Oh, there's the Messiah. There's God. Literally, in flesh and bone. So it's, it's the history. Tells us this is the way things work. Fast forward about 30 years later. Jesus had just died. He was crucified. Dying for the sins of the world. But if you were one of his followers then... You would have responded, and I would have responded very much like they did. They freaked out. They killed Jesus, they buried Jesus, and now they're all in hiding, and they're all thinking and feeling, where is God? We, we left everything to follow this man named Jesus. We left our businesses. We rearranged family stuff. We, we, we left all. We've sacrificed so much. We've given everything to follow this guy, and they killed him, and he's dead, and it's over. What was all that stuff he was teaching us? Where is God? And then three days later, the resurrection. Boom, there's God. You see, we have the privilege of being able to look back in history and see how all this stuff played out. But right now, what one day will be history is now your present. And you're asking, where's God? Where's God? Where's God in this? Where's God in that? Where's God in this? I don't see God. I don't feel God. It's important for us to look back and learn the pattern that God is with us and working while we're wandering. Why would God do that, by the way? Why would God, I mean, it seems like, not cool, God. Why would you even allow us to experience these times when it feels like you're missing or you're silent or you're absent? Even though you say you're with us, it feels like you're not. Why would you even allow us to go through something like that? Because in any other relationship, that would be a bad thing, right? I mean, if someone just doesn't come home, right, that's negative. Something's wrong, right? If somebody just goes MIA in a relationship, it's not a good thing. But with God, it's important to understand there's always a bigger story. He works at a different level. And so I'm going to just give you this real quick, really quickly, and, and you can take a picture of it. I don't have time to go into all the details. This could be a whole series by itself. But if you're going through separation anxiety with God and there's an area of your life, maybe it's your job thing, a relationship thing, a health thing, a money thing, and you're going, I don't understand where God is in this. It could be that God is doing one of these things because these are the kinds of things he's done through history. Just look at the pattern. Let me show you real quick. It could be that God is wanting to correct you because God, God does that from time to time. No, not punishing you, not picking on you, not playing with you, not messing with you, but he wants to get your attention so that you will deal with something. Isn't it interesting that when things are going great, like I've said, very seldom when things are going well do people ask the question, where is God? Because they always assume if things are going good, then God is with me. It's when things are going very challengingly, things are hard, then now God has your attention. And it could be, I'm not saying this is it, but it could be because this is how God has worked in the past. I've seen God work in my own life this way. It could be that God is wanting to get your attention for you to deal with something. Because the deal is, when we feel like God is a million miles away, we're the ones that drift. God goes nowhere. So it could be that God is wanting you to deal with the drifting. Could be God is just wanting to grow you. 
There's nothing like challenges and pain that take us to the next level. Nothing like that. And I don't like that truth. You don't like that, but that doesn't change it. It's just true. And it could be that God is allowing you to experience this painful, I don't know where you are, God. I don't know what's going on because he's wanting to grow you in some areas of life. It may be that God is preparing you for something that you don't know. Okay? 400 years of slavery, they had no idea what God had up his sleeve with Moses. No idea. But the reason the Exodus story is so awesome is because it followed 400 years of slavery. The reason... The birth of Jesus is so amazing. It's not just the shepherds and the wise men and all of that. No, 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 no. It's, it's bigger than that. It's because it followed 400 years of where's God? And now literally, boom, there he is in flesh and blood. The reason the resurrection was so transformational is it followed his death and burial. The darkest time that the earth has ever seen if you're a believer in God. Some of the greatest moments in your life, God may be preparing and may be on the horizon for you following this where's God moment. And, and listen, it's not going to be 400 years long. You're not going to live that long. It may feel like 400 years. And a lot of times it's longer than three days. But God might be preparing you for something big and better. And he's allowing you to experience this now so you can fully enjoy and appreciate it when he brings it to you. Or it could be God just wants to remind you that you need him. Because when things are going well, it's very, very, very true that we often turn to ourselves and going, well, it's because I'm doing things right. It's because I'm, I got it going on. I made some good decisions. Things are going well. I'll just keep this rolling. I'm in a good pattern right now in life. I, I like the way things are going, right? And, and then we start taking credit for stuff. And it's often not until things start going south or not going so well that we remind ourselves just how much we need God. So that could be, it could be, that that's what God is doing. I, I don't know what he's up to in your life, but I know he is with you and he's working on some of this, maybe even something else that's not even listed here because he's just so awesome and it's hard for us to fully understand what he's doing, but he's working on something while you're wondering, where's God, where's God? And here's what I want you to do. For the rest of our time, I want you to think about that area of your life where you're asking the question, where is God? I don't get it. I don't see it. And I want you to listen to the encouragement that God gives us in his word, because throughout history, again, we're on this side of history. We get to look back and looking back, we see that time and time and time again, God was constantly reminding his people that he was with them. You don't have to freak out. You don't have to be afraid. I am with you. I know it seems like I'm absent. I know you feel like you don't know what's going on. I know you can't see what I'm doing, but I want you to know I'm with you. I am close beside you. He told them time and time and time again, and he wants you to know it time and time and time again because he knows we're going to have these moments of separation and anxiety where God wants us to know he's with us and he's working while we're wandering. And I want to begin by taking you to the Psalms. And here's what's so cool about the Psalms. The Psalms in the Old Testament were actually songs that were sung, lyrics and poetry put to music. And these are the things that people sang in the Old Testament. We don't know exactly what it sounded like and what the instrumentation was, but it's pretty awesome. But the cool thing is it was meant to be sung and like all songs, you sing them over and over and over and over again. It becomes a part of repetition, just a part of the way you experience and express love to God. So let's listen into some of the songs 
And then we'll take you to the New Testament. All throughout the scriptures, this is a recurring theme. Let's start in the beloved psalm or song of Psalm 23. This psalm that people sang, and often you only hear this in a funeral, and that's unfortunate. Because look at this. I want you to think about that area where you're experiencing separation anxiety with God and know this, even when I walk through the darkest valley, not if I walk, but when I walk, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you close beside me. In the dark valley when I can't see God because it's dark and I can't feel God because it's dark and I don't know that he's with me because it's dark, I have to choose to believe you are close beside me. So I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to freak out. And some of you right now are, are feeling the freak out. You're, you're fighting through the, I, I just don't know what I'm going to do and I, I don't know how I'm going to make it and I don't, this doesn't make sense. And that's a very dark place to be. And some of you are in a very dark place right now. You won't always be there, but while you're there, you need to know he's close beside you. He wanted his people to know that. He wants you to know that. Let's look at another psalm. This is just, just snippets, okay? There's so many examples. I'm just picking out a few. They sang this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. What a great song. You know why that's great? Because all of us know what it's like to have a heart broken. And sometimes it's a people thing. Sometimes it's a health thing. Sometimes it's a money thing. Sometimes it's a mental thing. Sometimes it's an expectation that's unfulfilled and you have your heart broken and your dreams dashed. And we all know how emptying and isolating that can feel when you're dealing with that level of disappointment. And God wanted us to know when you feel that and you feel so isolated from me, I'm close. I'm close. I'm right there. I am with you and I'm working while you're wondering and dealing with a broken heart. Here's another song that they sang, Psalm 46. Here's just excerpts of this song God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present means there's never a time he's not present. Therefore, as a result, we will not fear. We will not freak out. We will not lose our minds. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. I love that. You know why? Because that's a worst-case scenario. It doesn't get any worse than that. I mean, that's about as bad of a day as you'll ever have. It's basically if the earth blows up. That's what he's describing. If everything goes kaboom, that's a bad day. And even if everything blows up, you are ever present, so I don't have to be afraid. Anybody else worry? I worry all the time. I, I am a classic worrier. I worry that I worry too much. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that means I do a lot of what ifing, right? What if that? What if that? What if that? But 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 then what if that? Oh, and we build this long succession of things because we what if. This is the ultimate what if, okay? So when you find yourself in a pattern of what ifing things, say, well, what if the earth blows up? That's about as bad as you're going to get. It kind of makes your what if seem insignificant, doesn't it? Even then, you're ever present. Then he goes on, and in the song, twice in the song, he repeats this phrase. The Lord Almighty is with us. Maybe we should write a song with this in it. The Lord Almighty is with us. The Lord Almighty is with us. He repeated it because he wanted us to know it. And then he ends this song with the famous phrase that if you're a Christian, you've heard this before. And even if you're not a Christian, you've probably heard Christians say things like this or seen it on a sign or on a bumper sticker. Here we go. It's the end of this song. God says, be still and know 
that I am God. Notice, he did not say, be still and feel that I am God. Because when you can't feel that he's God, you can know that he's with you. He did not say, be still and see. Because there are going to be times that you can't see. And what you see is Psalm 23. I'm walking through a dark valley and I can't see anything. He said, no, be still and know. When you can't see, when you can't feel, when you can't understand, be at peace, chill out, take a deep breath. I'm God. And I'm with you and working while you're wondering. Let's go to the New Testament real quick. It's all throughout. I'm telling you, he just wants you, I want you to be thinking about that area of your life that you're wondering, where's God, where's God? Because he wants you to know this. Right before Jesus left earth, he gave his followers the parting instructions of go and take my good news to the world. Go to the nations, go to the nations. Take my love, share my love, take my message and teach them everything I've taught you. It's called the Great Commission. And at the end of the Great Commission, these were his words. And be sure of this, I am with you always. Be sure. Be sure, because one day you're going to doubt this. So be sure, because one day you're not going to feel this. So be sure, one day you're not going to see this, fellas. So be sure, as you go on your mission, be sure of this. I am with you always, always. Fast forward decades later, the apostle Paul is going through a time in his life, and we've seen this before. He was going through a time in his life when he was unsure that God was was actively involved in this specific thing that was driving him nuts. And he was asking God, take this away. Take this away. Please deal with this, God. Remove this from my life. I want to see you present in my life in this area and remove this. And God wouldn't do it. So he concluded, what's up with God? Where's God? And this is what God told Paul. Well, Paul, my power works best in your weakness. In other words, in the very things that make you weak and wonder where I am and wonder why I'm not changing things, those are the areas that put you in a place to receive my power. You are now poised to experience the power of God. And so Paul's response to God was, well, then that means when I'm weak, when I have every reason to think he's gone, when I have every reason to think he's not with me, when I have every reason to feel like he's absent, no, 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 that's actually when I'm strong. And one more, let me take you to the classic promise God gives us through the writer of Hebrews. This is beautiful. Never will I leave you, God says. Never will I forsake you. Under any circumstance, never. Question, where are you experiencing separation anxiety with God? Where do you need to establish some object permanence that God is with you and he's working while you're wondering all these things. And you can't see God and you can't feel God. Where is it? It may be one thing, maybe a handful of things that for you, it may just be how you would describe your life right now. God is doing things you can't see. He's doing things you can't understand in ways that you can't fathom. And he is with you. Listen very carefully. In that very thing that seems to shout his absence, God sees you. God knows about your situation. 
He loves you more than you can imagine. And listen, he has not forgotten you. Again, remember your place in history. If you're living in Egypt during that 400 years, you might be wondering, has God forgotten? Has God forgotten? Has God forgotten? Moses shows up. He didn't forget. If you were living in ancient Israel during that time when the prophets stopped speaking, has God forgotten? Has God forgotten? Has God forgotten? Behold, the virgin shall conceive a child, and he will be called the Son of God. Jesus was born. He didn't forget. Had you been there when Jesus was buried for those three dark days, Where's God? Where's God? Has he forgotten what Jesus taught? Has he forgotten what was up? Is this all a sham? And then the third day, he arose. Wait a second. God did not forget. We see that in history. But until your present becomes history, you're going to have to remind yourself. Because you don't see it now and you don't feel it now. It's the same God. He is with you. He is working while you're wondering. The point of this entire series that we really won't even wrap up until next weekend as we celebrate Christmas together is for you to remember and to be aware that God is there. Even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it, be aware, God is there. And each week I've given you something to do to help increase your awareness of God's presence in your life. Week one, I told you about reading your Bible 15 minutes a day that will increase your awareness of God. Last week I talked to you about why it's important to share love with someone, show love to someone, because we are God's presence in the lives of other people, and they experience God's presence, and you experience God's presence through people. Today, I want to give you another, something you can do, right? It's real simple, and it's going to seem too simple for those of you that have a little bit extra dose of Jesus and the rest of us. But here it is. Pray for five minutes, three times a day. Well, that's only 15 minutes. Your math is good. Can I count lunchtime too when I pray God bless his food? Okay, really? <laughs> Take five minutes a day. Five minutes a day. Three times. Sit in your car during lunch. When you get home, sit in the driveway five minutes before you walk in. Lock yourself in your room or lock the kids in theirs. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. Five minutes, three times a day. And specifically, Talk to him about the areas of life where you feel like he's absent. You know he's not, but it feels like he is, and you can't see what he's doing. Tell him. He's not going to be surprised, and he's not going to be disappointed. Tell him about your where's God. Why you're trusting him for your there's God to come. And see if your awareness of his presence doesn't increase because I believe it will. I've seen it time and time again. It's the pattern of history, and it'll be your experience as well. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for this helpful challenge to trust what is true is that you are with us and you're working while we're wondering where you are and what you're doing. Father, help us to embrace 
this separation anxiety because it's an opportunity for us to learn your object permanence and that you are always with us. Regardless of what we see, regardless of what we feel, regardless of what circumstances may seem to indicate, we look back in history and we see it so clearly. But one day back then, it wasn't history, it was somebody's present. And they were feeling what we are feeling. What many people in this room and watching online are feeling and wondering where you are. So God, may we be encouraged by the fact that through history, time and time again, you have illustrated that you're always with us and you're always at work doing something we may not be able to see and understand right now. But one day we'll see and we will know that while we were wondering where you were, you were right with us the whole time, working on amazing things on our behalf and for your glory. Father, may this drive us to trust in you and you alone. When we can't see and we can't feel, and we know the truth that you're with us. In Jesus' name, amen.